I say that all the time. All right, Mel, thanks for joining me. Yeah, I'm excited to chat. Thank you for having me. Chat with Matt. Yeah, chat with Matt. I like that. It's clever. <laughs> Mel, so what, that? Yeah, I come out with it. Yeah. People are getting <laughs> sick of all the Matt things. I've got mobility with Matt, chat with Matt, move with Matt. <laughs> Perfect. That's easy. I mean, at least it, you got a lot of rhyming words with Matt. Yeah. I don't that's... have his name with Mel. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'll find some. I'll get to work today. Okay. Yeah, but, thank you. I appreciate that. So, Melly, what do you do? I am a wife and stay-at-home mom, and I am a health slash lifestyle slash nutrition slash training online coach. Awesome. And, and uh, what kind of got you into the industry? So what did Mel look like before all that? What was Mel like at 14 years old, like growing up? Okay, 14. Is that where we're starting? <laughs> yeah, we'll just start with, it's just an age I throw out there. Or okay. childhood. You can start with any age, but we usually start at 14, I don't know. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, before that, it was just like, I think from the earliest age that I can remember, I'd struggled with body dysmorphia or body image issues and that kind of thing from a very young age. Um, and then about 14, uh, my parents had a hard divorce. That was kind of a hard time. Um, but that's when the dieting kind of came into play. Um, so my best friend and I would diet for spring break and, uh, <laughs> We would uh, walk together, do healthy things like that. But then we would, it was also like, looked like a slim fast shake in the morning and a half a turkey sandwich for lunch and then, you know, dinner at home. Well, she was losing weight a lot faster than I was. And um, when I asked her why, you know, or didn't realize that everybody loses weight at different rates at that time, obviously. But at the same time, I was like, what's going on? What are you, what are you doing? And she told me that her, her older sister had taught her to throw up her food. Um, and so she taught me how to do that. And so that started um, that at that age, but it was kind of like a very on and off thing. It was, you know, then I went, then it was like lost weight, went to spring break and gained it all back you know, and, and stopped that cycle. So it was kind of like an on and off thing throughout, you know, until right before I became a wife and a mom, it was kind of an on and off thing, but there was always like this 20 pounds up, 20 pounds down, 20 pounds up. You know, I tried all the diets, all the diet pills, all of that kind of thing. Um, and then I went off to college and that's when I started dating a bodybuilder and he taught me, everything about lifting weights and like old school bodybuilding. Like we would watch pumping iron and read Arnold's encyclopedia, you know, on Friday nights when other people were going to the bars. And, um, I, I learned a lot from him. Um, and I loved lifting so much that I switched my major to adult fitness, which was like kinesiology, um, for at my school. And, um, so I just started learning more and more about nutrition and health and all of that, but I never got really lean at that time because I was eating on campus and all of that kind of thing. Um, and then he started, um, taking steroids and selling steroids and he went down a, a dark path, which kind of took our relationship down a dark path and, became abusive. And, um, so I kind of knew I needed to get out of that and he didn't make it easy. He made it really hard to get away. He would follow me and do things like that. And so I, uh, took a semester off of school and then I knew I needed to kind of, kind of change my friendships. You know, I couldn't hang out with the same people. I couldn't go to the gym. I just needed to completely separate myself. Um, so I did that for a semester and then, so again, I went away from the gym, away from the eating, away from all of that and went to drinking and partying and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, uh, I just didn't ever want to go back to that school and face it. And my brother had asked me to move with him to Colorado. And I was like, dude, I can't do cold. I cannot do cold weather when you're ready to move somewhere, you know, warm I'm in. 
And uh, so he called me one day and he's like, I heard of a place called Austin, Texas. And I was like, oh my gosh, me too. And so we packed up and moved here. And uh, for a while I just partied and had fun in Austin and lived on that side of it. You know, I gained quite a bit of weight, probably 20 or 30 pounds at that point. I was probably at my heaviest. And uh, then I decided to go back to school. So I started school here and um, that kind of like reignited that flame for the love of fitness and health and that kind of thing. Um, but found myself in another uh, abusive relationship, this time physically abusive. And um, it got really bad and I knew I needed to get out, but I completely just lost myself in that. And it wasn't until there was a death in my family and when I flew home for that funeral, I realized, you know, how short life was and that I needed to just do everything I was afraid of doing, which was becoming a trainer. I was afraid that I couldn't do it or that I'd fail. And, you know, I always wanted to compete and I always wanted to try those things, but I was always afraid. So at that time I flew back. I didn't even tell him that I was breaking up with him. My brother just drove me over there and helped me gather my stuff while he was at work. And thankfully I had my brother to go to his house and be with him. And uh, I started studying for NASM to get my National Academy of Sports Medicine. And my brother was actually working at Lifetime at the time. And so I uh, went and applied and uh, he told me as, as soon as I got my certification that I was hired. And so a couple months later, I passed the test and started training and fell in love with it. And uh, I was doing so well within a few months that I was like, why am I going to school for this? You know, because all I had left was like arts and things that had nothing to do. I'd taken all the anatomy and physiology and the nutrition, but you know, whenever you transfer school state to state, you lose you know, all of those, they want you to take Texas history instead of just history and stuff. So, oh, wow. yeah. So I, um, I, I was doing so well with training. I was like, this is pointless to get my degree for it. You know, I really don't need it. So I decided to just, uh, I was kind of just doing the degree for, you know, the label or for my parents, you know, or something like that. So I decided to, um, to not finish, not graduate. And I um, stepped on stage and competed exactly a year from when I left him um, in Las Vegas. I did Miss Figure America and I won the entire show. Wow, first show. Yeah, that was pretty big. I was very unexpected and big. And um, yeah, so I, I loved competing and it started out really, really healthy in a really healthy way. Did you have a diet coach or you were just kind of doing your own stuff? Um, I, there was a, I had some friends, a friend that competed and her and her husband owned a, uh, supplement shop. And, uh, so they, they wrote my diet. It was just like a meal plan though. You know, it wasn't like, there was no macros back then. It was just like four egg whites, half a cup of oats, you know? So they did that part for me. And, uh, and then if you've heard of Adela Garcia, the champ, the fitness Olympia eight time, I believe champ. Um, she did my posing, but other than that, man, my brother helped me put on my tan and like, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> That's awesome. But. Um, so that was, uh, that was an experience that was back then when nobody, I mean, that was in 2008. So nobody had really heard of competing. I mean, there was like one person you knew that competed back then. Yeah, was before way before Instagram. Yeah, way before Instagram and uh, way before bikini and uh, men's bikini or men's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, men's physique. Yeah, before those came around. So, um, yeah, then it got, uh, I got kind of obsessed with it. It got a little unhealthy. Um, I kind of lost myself in it. And, uh, did show after show. I even had, um, I woke up in the middle of the night with like the worst pain I'd ever imagined and, um, ended up having to wake up my brother like two hours later and, uh, thought I was dying, like crawled to his room. And my finally found out my intestines were twisted. Oh, wow. Oh, so, 
crazy. Um, they didn't know what to do. So they just opened me up. And the first time they just took out my appendix, hoping that I guess the scar tissue would like, so they untied my, they untwisted my intestines and took that, hoping that scar tissue would just bandage it against the side of my, you know, wall and it didn't work. So they were like, if you have any kind of pain in your stomach, you know, like this could have killed you. If your intestines burst, you're septic, you know, you die. And so two months later, I was training for another show in the middle of a competition. I was training a client at 5 a.m. at Lifetime, and I started having these pains in my stomach. And I was like, I told my, luckily my brother was there again. And I told him, I think it's happening again. I'm going to go down to the locker room. And by the time I got down to the bottom of the stairs at Lifetime, I just like passed out and sweat pain. And luckily he chased after me and just threw me over his shoulder and rushed me to the hospital. And that time it was like a seven hour, really invasive surgery where they removed two feet of my intestine. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I was talking to my husband yesterday because I pulled out some old notebooks and journals where I'd written down like what I ate and stuff. And it said, um, West Texas classic, 10 weeks out post surgery diet. And it's like, (laughs) I was just going from one show to the next. I was going from one surgery stage straight to on stage. Like I had, and I, and I had some, some very well-known still known coaches in the business and nobody told me don't do this. Your body needs a break. You know, there was no reverse dieting back then. I was just going to say that. Yeah. That would have been way before reversing became sexy. Yeah. Not, it's still not sexy, but way before it was out there. Yeah. It's, um, well, my kids are getting crazy out there if you hear it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy how much has changed in that time, but yeah, there was no reverse dieting. There was no, you know, taking a break. I didn't have anybody that was like, your body really needs a rest, take a rest. You know, I just kept going and going and going. And I did show after show after show for six years. Wow. Uh, How did you feel? What was your energy like? Were you just pushing through, kind of pumping down the pre-workout and? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, um, I think, I mean, looking back now to how I feel now, I know that I felt like crap, you know, but I feel like when I was in it, I, um, I've always had like, I think a positive outlook, you know, and I've always been like, I did always say like, I'd see people that competed and they would have these bad attitudes and I can't eat this and I have to diet and I have this. And I was very adamant about never having that attitude. Like this is a choice. You're choosing to do this. You're going to do it and enjoy it. It's all about enjoying the process. And, um, you know, I love structure and routine and, and that kind of thing. So that part was not difficult for me. Um, but I was working in that gym with no AC in Texas for eight hours a day and then getting on the stair monster and sweating for two hours a day and then a workout and just training class. Like, I don't know how I did it. When I was looking at those meal plans, I'm like, I was starving just looking at those meal plans the other day. I was like, <laughs> How's that possible? How did I do that? I don't know. It's crazy. Um, but no, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine doing it again, but it's, it's a mind fuck, you know, it's, it messes with you. It really does. And, uh, I would tell other people that, you know, it's so crazy because I feel like as a coach, I was really good at explaining that to my clients, you know, and about like, post-competition depression and how it can mess with your head and you know just going to the grocery store after you get off a competition diet you're like what do I get what can I have I can have anything you know and um yeah so I love I love that nowadays at least most there are so many good coaches out there that I see that are doing it the right way that are taking care of their clients and reverse dieting them and teaching them you know the importance of taking a break and, and that kind of thing. Um, Definitely. And- it's, it's, it's super important. And a lot of people, like a lot of my clients come to me and they just want fat loss, but they don't understand what it takes. And you can't just jump in there and get fat loss. You know what I mean? It depends what, what your previous history is and you know all about it, but it's the number one thing I get. Oh, Matt, I want to 
You know, I want to lose some fat. But they yeah. don't even understand once you're in a deficit, how shit they feel. Yeah. And they kind of come to me later and say, is this really worth it? Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine, like, I, don't even pe- I don't even think people realize how much discipline you would have had to just go six shows back to back and, you know, what it takes to truly get on a stage. Yeah, it's a lot. And I, it's like, I haven't talked about it a lot, I guess, but I write about it some, right, where I, I don't ever want to come across like it's just a negative thing because I learned so much from competing. And at a very dark time in my life when I was extremely insecure and getting out of an abusive, physically abusive relationship, when, you, when you're in that place, you know, your worth is like that, you know, like you lose yourself and you lose your your self-worth and um, your identity. Yeah. And man, going from that to like winning that show, I mean, it, there's no doubt that that's the path that I was supposed to take, you know, and it helped me so much. Just teach me about myself and what I was capable of. And I mean, still to this day, always, it's always like, you know, well, if I did a competition, I could do this or I could do, you know, it's, that's it so really true. helps with that confidence and discipline, hard work. David Goggins has got this thing. I don't know if you, you follow David Goggins. Oh, yes. I love Goggins. Oh, yeah. He's got the thing about the cookie jar, dig, reaching into the cookie jar. Mm-hmm. In the exact yeah. same way you said that you use that, like, I mm. use the marathon thing. I'm like, come on, man. Like you run, you run for four hours and you don't want to do like half an hour of hard work now. Like you always dig yeah. in and it's just something that you can always reach into. And exactly. you, so I love how you're using that to bring into business and your coaching. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it goes all over. I think, you know, where it got, where it gets sticky is when you have had body dysmorphia um, or you've had those kind of eating disorders. I think that, it can be um, really challenging. It, for me, um, I know myself well enough. It's about that self-awareness, right? Just with any, anything else. And for me, I know that when I see myself extremely lean and then you know you're not gonna walk around like stage lean, right? You're, yeah. That's not healthy, you can't walk around like that. And it's like, I know that I could be, you know, four weeks out from a show like, oh, this looks great. I love this look. This is an incredible. But then you get to the show weight and all of a sudden that four weeks ago looks not good to you anymore. You know, yeah. it's like, um, so I feel like I've had a lot of people ask me now, you know, like you, you're close to the stage, you know, you, you stay pretty lean all the time. Would you do a show again? You know, and I'm like, never say never. But at this point, like, I know that it's not healthy for me because I know once I see myself like that, what I am now wouldn't be good enough or it would be really hard to um, find it to be good enough again, you know? And I prayed for so long in my life to have the relationship that I have with food now and to have, you know, this, this balance and this moderation and to feel comfortable in the skin I'm in. You know, I just, I remember just being in a place where I would just pray for that. Like I would just do anything to not feel stuck and trapped in this yo-yo cycle diet, in this, I am not comfortable in my skin and this, you know, uncomfortable place. If I could just get out of that and just like not be so trapped by food and diet and all of that and body image to where I could just live my life. And, you know, and so now that I'm here, I feel like going, going back and doing that would just kind of be like a smack in the face to God or the universe or whatever it is, you know, like, um, yeah. so I think it's important to know yourself, you know, Definitely. some people, some people can do it in a healthy way and other people it's, it's risky. It's really risky. Yeah, definitely. Yes. And, um, and what's your approach now, Mel? Well, it was really, um, if anything, it was, um, it was, uh, Adela, Adela Garcia, the fitness Olympia champ. She, um, her and I became friends and, she helped me for my last show that I did. And she was really the one that was like, you need to take some time off. 
you know, like, cause I was doing, I was running 11 miles a day at that point, wow. <laughs> 11 miles a day on the treadmill intervals along with lifting, um, to get ready for nationals. And how low did you go with calories? 2012, I think that was, uh, God, I don't know. And I say that I've never counted calories. I've never counted calories. Like yeah. I've never done like macros or calories. It was like my coach would give me a meal plan, you know, and it would say, four egg whites, whatever. And that's what I would follow, you know, oh, crazy. Never... So it could have been even under a thousand. Oh yeah. Though oh. my first one definitely was definitely. Wow. Yeah. Um, I saw the cardio, the workout. That's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. When I look at it, it's insane. But, um, so that's when I, I was like, and then my husband, okay. My husband proposed and I was like, I've got engagement party. I've got all of this. Like I've got all of these things. Like this will be a good time to just take off a year from competing um, and enjoy these things, do cake tastings and not worry about any of that thing, you know? So I was terrified to do it, um, but I knew that I needed to. And I guess maybe having that greater purpose, like having a partner that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with and that, you know, and that at that time it was like, I'd never cooked for him. I'd never, you know, we <laughs> ate our own food. Um, I'm like, do you want some of my tilapia? He's like, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks. You know? Um, so I knew that like, I wanted to be a wife that could go out to a restaurant and enjoy it and could order pizza with her husband and could, you know, the not, little things. Yeah. Those little things. I wanted to be able to enjoy life with him. And I knew that I wanted a family eventually. And I wanted, it's not the kind of mom I wanted to be. I wanted to be able to cook for my family healthy and lead by example. And so it was kind of just a whole new corner. And I took off that year and, um, I put on some weight, but not too, not nothing crazy. Um, you know, I was probably still doing a good hour of cardio a day though. And, uh, and then, right before my wedding, I started kind of dieting down for my wedding and the weight just like that. I mean, I didn't do half of what I had done before and I, it just came right off, you know? And I was like, yeah. And that's when I started to learn, like I did at the time still, I didn't know what reverse dieting was, but I was like, clearly our body needs break. Clearly yeah. my body had been used to only eating that amount of calories and it wasn't budging. It didn't matter what I did. It was so hard to make it move. Those, those, those diets, you know, the first is the easiest. I always tell people like the yeah. first is the easiest and motivation wise, because you're not sure if you can get there. So you're scared and you, you know, you stay that strict and disciplined because you know, like I've got to follow this to a T or I might not make it, you know, whereas the next competition you're like, Oh, I can get that. Oh, this last time I was leaner than this six weeks out. So I've got time. I can, I can cheat a little bit, you know, yeah. you kind of, you kind of play with Maybe it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I just got lean really fast and I ended up jumping in a show <laughs> right before my wedding just because like could. And, uh, you gotta look good for the wedding photos, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I got pregnant on my honeymoon. <laughs> And then it changed everything again. New chapter. <laughs> yeah. New chapter. So that's when everything really changed for me because it really became about health. You know, that's when I really started diving in to nutrition and, um, you know, watching a bunch of documentaries and learning about, you know, food quality and hormones and all of that kind of thing. And I started diving into that and, uh, you know, I was like, I just want to make this about health. I want, I knew that I needed to essentially reverse diet. I knew that I needed to change things. Um, and I was scared to do it. And then I realized this is a perfect time. Like I'm pregnant. I'm going to gain weight anyways. You know, <laughs> I think, I think part of it, especially as a trainer is like, I wanted to look the part, you know, I, it was important to me to look the part. And, um, I was my own walking billboard. I never did any kind of marketing. I never did anything. You know, it was all like, people would come up to me or it would be my clients referrals, you know? So that's I was, so really true. Scared. I was scared to reverse, you know, I was scared to gain any weight. And cause that's your livelihood. It's not just like, you're going to gain weight. It's like, this is my job. This is my career. And so, um, yeah, when I became pregnant, I was like, you know what, this is the best time to do it. Cause you're going to gain weight anyways. So I just kind of like 
buckled down and committed to myself, like I'm not gonna work out for more than an hour of day. I'm going to eat healthy, but I'm not going to restrict. I'm not going to, you know, cut anything out. I'm not gonna do anything like that, be afraid of foods. Um, and so that's what I did during that pregnancy. I had to talk to my doctor and say like, do not tell me my weight. I don't wanna see my weight. Um, and I just want to, you know, do this as naturally as possible. I'm going to continue to work out and eat healthy, but like, this could be really bad if you show me my weight. And she was totally on board and supportive of that. And I gained a lot of weight. I gained like 70 pounds or more during that first pregnancy. Um, and, uh, then once I had my baby, then it got even worse, right? Then, then I knew the, the hard part was really starting because I knew I was going to want to go back to my old ways of like, let's get this baby weight off. I mean, it's uncomfortable to be pregnant, you know, and I never complained because I was so grateful to be pregnant because I was always afraid that I wasn't going to be able to be pregnant. Um, and so the fact that it had come so easy to me, I was just in such a straight state of gratitude that I was like, I'm not going to complain about this ever, you know, and I know so many people struggle with infertility and that kind of stuff. I'm never going to complain. Yeah. So I didn't, but it was very hard for me. You know, it's hard to work out like that. It's hard to walk upstairs and be out of breath um, and just feel so not yourself. Um, and I knew I wanted that weight off so fast, but I was determined. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to trust my body. I'm not going to diet. I'm just going to eat healthy foods. I'm going to work out for no more than 45 minutes a day because I know now I'm a mom. Like I don't have time to spend three hours a day working out, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. And that's what I did. And nine months later I was leaner than I'd ever been, you know, it was, looked like I was a couple weeks out from a show and I hadn't dieted at all, you know? Um, yeah. And that's when I was like, I'm never going back. You know, this is, this is the way to do it. I wish I'd known what I know now for all of my life, but at that time I was training people in my garage. Um, and so is, that where you start, is that where you started as a coach? So after lifestyle fitness. Oh, so there? lifetime, I went from lifetime oh, to lifestyle. Sorry. Lifetime. Yeah. yeah that's one too. I think <laughs> okay. they're all over, you know? Um, I think that I went from lifetime to Metroflex and then right before I got pregnant, I left Metroflex and went to another like personal training gym called uh, gym one it's okay. like a small training type gym and um and I was there until I had the baby and I thought I was gonna stay there once I had the baby but then I was like I can't leave the baby and uh so my husband was like what about just building a grit you know a garage gym and that's what I did so I it was hard because I would train clients while the baby was sleeping so I would get up at five train clients while the baby slept and the baby would wake up at six, I would feed him, play with him for a bit and then put him down for a morning nap and have clients at nine. But I did group training. So it was, you know, more than one at a time. So, um, nine, they would come and then the baby would wake up. Then we'd go to the gym. I'd work out, do errands. And then I'd have more clients at like three or 4 PM and he'd take an afternoon nap. And I did that until he was two years old. And it's exhausting. <laughs> Honestly, group training, like the energy it takes, I don't think yeah. people understand. Like they said, I mean, what do you do during the day? Do you, do you just go home and, um, and sleep? And I'm like, nah, we've got, we've still got to work on the business, you know, check yeah. in and yeah, and it's, it's a lot, right? It takes a lot. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Jeez. And then having a and kid to walk feed. out there and just be like tired and be, I mean, you've got to be full of energy and wake them up. Right. Definitely. That's what I mean. It takes a lot of energy to get yourself up for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and sometimes it would be hard because, he wouldn't want to go down like the baby wouldn't you know they don't always nap perfectly like you know and i'd have clients down there waiting and trying to get him to go to sleep you know or it was it was stressful but at the same time i was so gracious because my clients would go anywhere for me you know they went from a lifetime this yuppie huge gym you know to my garage and um you know, part of what I'd done, I guess that I didn't mention before was when I was training competitors, you know, they were, all, a lot of them were just gen pop people, but they were like, I want to do a show, you know? So they would yeah. do a show. I even trained like a mother and daughter 
um, you know, the daughters in college, you know, and mother, and they both did a show, you know, together. And um, I had Mel's machines. So I would train group, you know, and then I did this at Metroflex. And then on Sundays, all of my clients, and I would let them bring their families, their kids, their friends, whatever, would come on Sundays. And I taught a class called Booty Camp. So it was basically just, you know, lower body conditioning yeah. and mainly outside, you know, and, um, and everybody loved that. And I think, you know, I was one of the first, at least that I knew of, um, trainers that had like a team like that, you know, we had shirts at the shows and I did everything for my clients because when I competed, I didn't have that right. I had no idea what I was doing. And the, the coaches that I had would say, you can have one, one question a week. One question. one question a week, <laughs> one question a week. Cause they had so many clients. They didn't even, you know, they didn't have time for you. They didn't even know who you are half the time, you know? Um, and so. Fuck, what I can you ask him? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I want to be the coach that I couldn't find for myself. You know, that's who I want to be. And that's who I became, you know, because I did their training. I did their nutrition. I did their tans. I did their makeup. I even wow. made suits. Like I even started making suits. Like I would sit there with a toothpick and Swarovski crystals and I would crystal their suit because those suits are $800, you know? So I would do it so much cheaper for my clients so that they could, and then I would rent the suits, you know, wow. so that they just pay a rental fee. And so I just, I did all, I did all of it for them and I loved doing it, you know, but what I began to see and why this ties in is what I began to see when I stopped training clients after I had my second son because it was too hard to have two and coordinate nap schedules and train. And my husband had a career career change, um, and so I stopped training training in person like that. And when I realized, you know, what I built was that community, you know, like that community of women that all supported each other and that all worked out together and pushed each other, you know, um, that was big, you know, and it's the same thing when people ask me like what I think about CrossFit or things like that, you know, it's like, I mean, that's not my workout style, but it's genius when it comes to like the community and the family, like that is so much more than people give, give credit for it. Right. Yeah, definitely. And it takes a lot to get people together and they, yeah, and they put on like wads of the day or whatever it's called. They have big barbecues and it just goes off. Yeah. Yeah. It's smart. It's really smart. But I think that's why, you know, that's why people love it. And that's what I loved about that community. And so I, um, I stopped training at that time once I had my second, my second son. And um, I started just kind of making videos for those clients just because I didn't want to leave them hanging. So I would make them. I had a Facebook group and I would just record videos for them to do at home. What year was what year was this? Was this when Facebook would have been just getting no, big? This, I mean, Instagram was there at the time. I just wasn't on it. I think because I'd just been having babies and training on my garage, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think well, when I had my second son, that was 2016. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, I just didn't know anything about the online or anything. And this is where I start to talk about that. This is where that changes, where I started to kind of lose myself in that fog of motherhood. When I stopped training, as hard as it was when I had my first and I was had my first and I was training clients or whatever, like I still was in it. I still knew who I was. I still that was a part of my identity that I still kept and I was doing. And then once I had my second, I kind of lost that and I just like you just get so um it's a fog you know you get this brain fog and you're just constantly taking care of babies and yes i never let go of taking care of myself and working out and eating healthy but i still you know i didn't have conversations with adults you know i barely hung out with adults my husband was in the police academy for eight months had one day off and that was the wow. day that i birthed my second son so I, um, that was, he, we cut, you know, his salary in like a third when he decided to go, he went from being a firefighter to a police officer, but he had, he was a firefighter and then he had another full-time job on top of that. Wow. And then we had to quit those to go into the police academy and, um, took a third of a pay cut, you know, so. I've seen your husband, I've seen your husband, mate, if, if he's pulling me over, 
May. <laughs> I'm not resisting. <laughs> well, lucky. I mean, lucky for those people. He's uh, his goal is to retire having never given a speeding ticket. So. Oh, good on him. He's one of the goodies. <laughs> yeah, good. he's a good one. Um, but don't don't beat your wife or anything because he's after the he's after the all the yeah. plastic of violence and the bad guys. He's after them for sure. Oh, good. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I just kind of lost myself and, and, uh, it, I remember a time at the gym where a guy said to me and he had known me from back when I used to work there. And so he's like, Hey Mel, you would know this. What do you think about intermittent fasting? And oh, I, was, no. <laughs> I mean, this was back then. And I, I never heard of intermittent fasting. Like I didn't know anything about it. I was like, uh, I don't know, man. Sounds like bullshit you know <laughs> but um but that's when i realized like this is what people know me as and i like i'm behind i mean you know how it is with anything nutrition like you have to stay up to date there's always new things coming out there's always and not that you have to you know implement them all or you should um but but you still want to tell people like this is how i feel about it. i mean it depends we're always going to start yeah. with that <laughs> it always starts with um, that yeah but uh yeah, I think that I just realized like I missed that and I missed like myself. And so that's when I started uh, looking online for people like the, I've got to figure out a way to somehow work and be a stay at home mom and do a little bit both because I don't want to wait till all of my kids are in school because I miss it and it's a part of me and it's who I am. And, you know, um, I don't want to wait that long. So I just want to start learning and figure it out. And um and yeah, so I searched online for a while to just kind of find somebody that could teach me more about nutrition in the way that, um, that I believed. I felt like there's so many like zealots out there, right? It's like vegan or carnivore or this or that. And I've just always been on the page of like, everybody is different. You know, that's something, you know, right. Yeah. As working with people and being as an in-person trainer, like everybody is so individual and different and what works for one person isn't going to work for the same. There's so much more psychology behind it than there is, you know, the perfect meal plan. And it's like that connection, you know? And so I was like, I would love to be able to do this remotely from home. I know that it, it wasn't what I did with my clients in that one hour session. It wasn't just about that workout. You know, I can do that for me. I can write somebody a workout. It's that's not what I was doing to change those people's lives or to make an impact. I was connecting with them, you know, um, as they, my clients would say, like, you're my therapist, you're my life coach, you're my, this. you know, it was yeah. never, you know, it was never just about the workouts. So, um, it's that, that's why I, so I mean, I think it's the feelings we get from it. Like yeah. we think it's the training, we think it's this or that, but it's the feelings you get from the transformation, regardless of what you're doing, how you're helping people. Yeah, for sure. But I think so much of it too, is just like so many, I don't, you know, people just need to vent and people just need, um, you know, things that you can't necessarily say to your friends and always get the best advice or they might have a biased opinion or they might, you know, wherever, whereas like, you know, from a, from a young age, we have accountability, right? We have teachers, we have coaches, we have, you know, we have to listen, you know, to answer to our parents. We have all that. Like we, I think we just work well, all of us, you know, like I'm sure even you, you've got coaches, you know, like, we all work well having somebody hold us accountable. And I think especially as women, we tend to take care of everybody else first and put ourselves last and put ourselves last on the plate. I know I'm always the last one to eat. I'm the last one to sit down at dinner, you know, make sure everybody else has got everything before I do. It. And I think that's what we do. So I think it's just, um, it's so much more than just the workout. It's just that, that accountability and, having somebody push us to reach, you know, higher and empower us and remind us like what we're capable of, you know, yeah, and kind of get below all this shit or the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of your friends like can't call you on your shit the way, you know, a coach can, you know, yeah. in a loving way, of course, but you know, like recently a client, um, she had wrote, written on her check-in a couple of times, like she's been doing steps and walking and stuff, but she hadn't been doing any resistance training. And she'd written on her check-in form a couple of times, like, 
you know, oh, talk to you about starting resistance training, you know, but then she hadn't mentioned it. So the second week I was like, hey, 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 right before she was about to get off, I'm like, you, you said on your check-in that you want to talk about that, you know, and she's like, oh, crap, you know, like, and I was like, I mean, that was all I had to say, you know, I'm like, what's, what's holding us back from, from starting on this, you know, and she's like, I don't know, I'm just making excuses, you know, and that was all it took. And she's been killing it three days a week since, you know, definitely. But it's like, it's crazy the way people change. Like I'll have people that have said, oh, Matt, you know, I've got 3,000 steps and we're aiming for 10K. I'm like, all right, what can we do tomorrow? Like, because it comes to a point where people, they go Monday to Thursday, they go good. Thursday, they fall off and then they go, you know what, fuck it, I'll start it on Monday. Right. But What is that? That all or nothing mentality. Too. Yeah, definitely. And then getting them to realize that, nah, repair it on Friday. Then they'll come back on Friday, text me and say, look, Matt, you know, I knew that I didn't get my steps in the morning. I had to get them done by 8 a.m. They fix it. Yeah. So that's the importance of a coach, pulling them up. I think we all just sometimes just need somebody to believe in us too and remind us like what, what we're capable of, you know? Um, when we so do true. That, taking care of everybody else. And even it just, it translates everywhere, you know, relationships, you know, work life. It, it translates all throughout people's life. So, um, I'm glad to have, that's when I found Jason and, um, I saw like his Google talks online and oh man, I was all over him. Just speak in the way that he does. And the, the, it, it and the, in the connection and that, um, like just really hit me. And, um, so that's when I was like, okay, I need to learn from this guy, you know? And, uh, so I, when I met you in San Diego, I just, he, you know, he was so great. I just talked to him on the phone and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I need to learn business. You know, I need to learn, but I want to learn more nutrition. And he's like, yeah, come down here for this one day. And that's what I had done. You know, that day had just gone, I spent the day with him and kind of talking business type stuff. And then he invited me to dinner, you know, how he does. He's so welcoming and just brings you in like family. Oh man. And, um, but yeah, I was ner so nervous at that dinner. So like just having you sitting there with your like big smile, just so inviting. I was like, oh, thank goodness. This was scary, <laughs> you know, was that scary um, time. But yeah, so since then, it's just like so much of it, I think with anything, right, is trial and error and kind of just figuring it, figuring it out as you go. But like with anything, it's just like I tell my clients, it's like one day at a time, one step at a time. Definitely. But consistent, consistently putting in effort and work, you know, that's you all know, it is. And when I get overwhelmed, I'm just like, all right, what do I have to do today? And that's honestly when I've grown the most like business wise, physically, anything mentally, it's just looking at like one foot in front. It really is. Like we start get to get, like we start to get sidetracked when we start looking around the corner or what's coming next week. And then we yeah. miss the shit that's in front of us. So true. So true. It's exactly how it happens. So it's just, it's just trusting that process and literally consistency. Everyone I talk to, that's what they say. And I know everyone hears it. They're like, whatever. But honestly, like I've had business coaches in the past, you know, Jason's the same. There's nothing special they teach us. Yeah. Like you got to do the work every week when I check in with Jace, if I come back and I'm like, all right, man, I've got the same question. After a few weeks, he's going to say, man, what the fuck are you calling me? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. That's where that calling you on your shit, you know, like having somebody that will call you on your own shit, you know, is so, it's so key. For Definitely. All of us. Just in different areas of our life and different seasons, you know. Definitely, Mel. So Mel, where are you now with, um, with your business? So you got rid of you. So you had kids, you stopped the training. You got into the online business or you found Jason and now you pivoted into the online from there. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, I think even from him, I needed that, um, because I wanted to learn macros and understand like how to do macro counting and that kind of stuff, even though I felt like that's not what I do. And, um, I don't, I don't want to do it that way. And I want to figure out ways to teach people um, in other ways. I still want to know how to do it. I still yeah. want to help people that, because I think 
everybody is so individual, you know, so I want to have all of those tools in my toolbox and know, you know, if that, if a client comes and that's the direction that they need to take, then I can help them with that. Um, so, but I think I needed to hear even from him, you know, yes, you can absolutely do this without doing macros. You know, it's like, I knew it for myself and I'd helped plenty of people not doing it that way. And yet I still needed somebody like that to be like, give me that acceptance and give me that, like, yes, you can be a great coach without being a macro coach, you know, because you can, it's so easy to just get like how anybody gets trapped into comparison or social media or anything like that. And yeah, like, it's a paper. saying it's all macros and I need to count macros and I need to, you know, is that what I have to be doing? And, uh, and sometimes it's just good to have that person that you look up to and respect be like, totally like you, you got this, you know, this is, it's great. There's always going to be people out there that need it that way. And that's where you get lost when you start looking. Well, that's where I've got lost personally. You know, in the past I I had an old business coach and he goes, man, you know, your, your boot, not your boot camp, your group trainings expanded. You know, how many locations do you want? He had 10 locations. And I was like, honestly, man, I don't want, I don't want more than one. Mm -hmm. And then my second business coach, same thing. How many locations do you want? Then when I came with Jason, I finally found someone that's like, man, if you don't want that, don't chase it. Cause all you hear is, you know, train a certain amount of sessions, get off the gym floor, get trainers in. Right. But I love coaching so much. Obviously. Yeah. I've got a couple of trainers with me now. I can't do everything, but people listen to so many podcasts. I'm guilty of it. And it's someone else's story. It's not yours. And I think that's where everyone gets lost. So just finding Jason and he's like, man, create your own story, create your own path and then build around that. You got to be happy doing what you do, you know? So I think that's so true, Mel. Right. A lot of that for me right now too, is like, I do want to take it step by step. I'm not trying to scale and become huge overnight because that would require me to get more childcare for my kids. And, you know, I don't want, I don't want to do that at this point. You know, I want to have, um, you know, a great group of quality one-on-one clients. Um, and, and I'm learning too. I'm learning how to do this the online way. Right. It's just like, it's just like anything, the same thing I say about macros or anything else. It's like, we can either do macro numbers and it's going to be trial and error, or we can not use macros and it's still going to be trial and error. Right. There's a learning curve and everybody handles things differently. It's not just about the calories or the carbs or the fat. It's about so much more and how it, you know, what you enjoy, what you can sustain, you know, and how your body's going to respond to it. So, um, just building those connections with my clients. And right now I'm just doing one-on-one. Um, and so I, I just talk to my clients every week, you know, I do call check-ins and, um, and it's going great. And I do something completely different with each of them, to be honest, they're all in different places. They're all in different places. So there's just no one protocol, but, um, but learning as you go and, and taking it one day at a time and growing as you can. And, you know, before I know it, my kids will be in school and I can take that next pivot. Right. And, and maybe do a little bit more, but right now that's, that's the business and I love it, you know, and you're happy and you're the main, you're the superstar. You're the Tom Brady. You can't pull Tom Brady (laughs) out, (laughs) you know? So that, Oh, Giselle's husband. Oh, no, I don't know. He's, a, he's an NFL player. <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts and they always talk about Tom Brady. So yeah, you haven't heard. It's like, but to the women, it's like, Oh, Giselle's husband. Oh, Giselle, this, oh that's right. Yeah. He's going out with Giselle. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's, I don't know sports, but he's, he's batting just, above his average there anyway. But Melly, <laughs> <laughs> where do you want to be in 10 years? Just wrapping up. So, so, so what's the future look like? Um, honestly, my uh, huge goal is, um, my, my best friend is a plastic surgeon. She started out as my client back when she was in medical school and we kind of had a joke for a long time. It was asked by Mel boobs by Stacy because she's a plastic surgeon. A lot of my clients went, I remember this in San Diego. Yeah. So, um, so, so my goal has been to work, work with her for a long time because, you know, she, um, she helps a lot of people 
people come to her for things like liposuction or, you know, mommy makeover or tummy tucks or these things. And she's like, she's, um, she's an amazing doctor in that she's, it's never just like, I'm going to take your money. It's like, I think that you should work on your health a little bit, or you might want to lose a little body weight first. And, and like, and like we said before, right, there's so much psychology that goes behind it. And there's so much more than just, you know, not having people that just get liposuction and then end up right back in her office in six months, you know? And so I hope to del I've been trying and working on developing some programs, you know, to help and to kind of bridge that gap. Um, so we'll, we'll see. There's um, hopefully some things in play, but that's awesome. We'll, we'll see you soon to be able to work with her. Um, I think a lot, there's going to be a lot of health coaches collaborating with doctors. I hope at least in the future. Um, but yeah, to be able to work with her, that would be a long, it's a long time dream and, and, uh, goal. I think you're on the right path, Mill. Thanks. I hope so. I've got a, it one at a time, right? That's it. I've got a funny story about that San Diego day too. Oh yeah. Just quickly. That they, so I just, when did I land? Maybe five days before anyway. I landed five days before and it was the first time I met Jason too. So I landed, Jason goes, come down. As soon as you land, we'll go and hit up a gym session. So I hit up a gym session. Then he goes, we'll go out to dinner tomorrow night. Next night, went out to dinner, blah, blah. And then after that dinner, he goes, we'll go out to dinner again. And I'm the type of person that says, you know, I don't want to bug him. I'll let him be whatever. So me and Beck went on a, cruise that day and I go nah he's gonna go out to dinner I'll just let him go and then we got absolutely blind so that day I met you <laughs> we're on this yeah. we're on this cruise and we we're just sinking him and then he texts me it was five and I was hammered my fiance was hammered and he goes dinner 7 p.m okay Jason followed through he's a real deal eh so <laughs> I had two hours to sober up came down <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> I told him and he goes, so nice. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) What was that, Mel? I said, no wonder you were so nice. You were just (laughs) hammered and I didn't even know it. Oh, no, I was a happy drunk. (laughs) I'm always a happy drunk. um, Yeah, you played it off well if you were because you seem the same as you always do. So, Oh, we're Australian. That's all we do, Mel. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Mel, thank, thank you so much for your time, mate. It's so good catching up and connecting. You too. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And you should definitely get on the podcast scene. Honestly, your content's awesome. And I truly mean this. And I like, you've got a story. People need to hear it. I think if you, if you put in a podcast platform, you know, people love it. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put that on my list. Definitely (laughs) Mel. You don't need to just, just put the AirPods in. Just put it in and start talking. A minute minute with Mel. There you go. Minute with Mel. Yeah. I'm, I was nervous. I was, I'm so used to listening, you know, as a coach, you do a lot of listening. You don't do a lot of talking. So, um, but I'm glad, I'm glad it was first with you because you're so easy to talk to. Thanks Mel. Appreciate it. I'll pay you later. All right, Mel. Thank you so much. Thank you.